What's going on, everybody? It's your host of the Blessing Thoughts Podcast, and I'm here to let you know if you've been thinking about starting your own podcast but don't know where to go, then look no further because Anchor is a tool for you. Anchor is a free podcast distribution site that allows you to record your podcast and you can edit them on the site yourself and then you can upload them. They'll even help expand your podcast to more platforms just by a click of a button, distribute them to other platforms such as Spotify or Apple. And if you want to make money from podcasting, Anchor helps with that too by helping you get ads you can promote on your podcast, just like what I'm doing right now. So look no further and go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and start your podcasting journey today. Peace. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Blasting Thoughts Podcast. I am your host, Digital Relaxation. And today is going to be, um, I want to talk basically this is going to be a music episode i'm just gonna discuss some things about like i guess my music journey and my music taste but also i want to get into a certain segment that i wanted to do earlier but i don't know i was still sitting with it so i'm gonna finally get into it but um before we start this podcast um be sure that anyone who's listening to this on apple podcasts rate this five stars help us grow in the algorithm so we can get more listeners um you can follow me on instagram as digi.relaxation um on twitch digital relaxation on youtube digital relaxation um right now um i'm trying to stream more and i could like build myself back up again i kind of fell off on that um, I have some things planned, so just be on the lookout for that for any gamers out there. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, let's get this started. Uh, what I've been up to, I, I feel like it's been a while since I've, I guess, talked about that because usually I've been having some guests lately, so usually they've been answering that question for me. <laughs> but uh, I mean, overall, I haven't really been up to much like as far as new things um just still been focusing on work and building my podcast and growing it um in terms of things i've been into uh i mentioned this like for the past two podcasts on my finished cyberpunk um i kind of gave like a brief review of, of that so um uh not much to say i say a short summary that the game is just it it definitely came out way too soon like the game is enjoyable once like you you're invested in it but everything that happens with the bugs and glitches can quickly like take you out of the immersion of it and just breaks everything for you but yeah like i say definitely like if you haven't gotten it yet like just wait to I guess they completely fixed all these issues or most of the issues at least and hopefully they bring like more things into the game I guess like I don't know I feel like there was more you should have been able to do in the game and they kind of got removed so hopefully they probably could bring it back or just bring new stuff in we'll see um I finally managed to finish Midnight Diner um, on Netflix. <laughs> For those that don't know what that is, um, it's a Japanese show. Uh, it's basically about 
this guy who has a diner that opens up at midnight and I think it closes like five or six in the morning whatever time like that but it's like a episodic thing like each episode there's new characters who have their own stories and have their own past and like usually like everything kind of comes together at the at the diner like usually the the main um what they call him the master in japan i think that's might be a common thing like to call the chef the master but yeah so they usually come to him like he usually gives advice or people that they wasn't expecting to see would just show up at the same time they do and it just brings like a whole series of events um if you've been watching i think there's like five seasons i think it's five seasons for some reason netflix broke it up into like two series i don't know why i think one of them is like officially licensed by netflix like it's labeled as a netflix original and the other one i think came out like before netflix got it so uh i do recommend watching all of them because they are recurring characters that usually pop up in like almost every episode of the diner and uh i would say like during the first seasons you kind of get like their episodes to explain like who they are so why you keep seeing them and you kind of like get a connection to them like oh this person is back in the episode but yeah but that's mainly it um as far as uh um games i'm looking forward to uh there's a game called the medium that's coming out in a few days actually at the time i'm recording this um i'm planning on trying to do a, a live stream walkthrough of that so be on the lookout for that um other than that i haven't really even keeping my eyes open for games i'm feel like i don't know like like my anticipation for games is getting less so but i'm trying to like i want to change that i want to get back into like really trying more new games and stop playing the same old games i'm always playing like because i'm noticing that i am really getting bored of some of these games or just trying too hard on some of these games i guess like it's not as fun as when i first picked up some of these games so yeah so there's that and that kind of wraps up (laughs) what i've been into and stuff um yeah i can get into this music topic now so uh the first thing first i do want to discuss that's like has happened recently um well the announcement happened recently the announcement happened on new year's eve of yeah 2020 but the event happened on halloween um that's uh the legendary underground rapper mf doom passed away and they didn't make the announcement until um new year's eve which was like one of like the crushing ways personally for me it's like to end the year because i feel like i believe we started the year like we lost kobe and that one that one did hurt but not as much as losing them of doom like you know, get me wrong like I always looked up to Kobe as well when I was young like when I was more active into basketball like even uh, back in the early 2000 era where wearing jerseys was like the fashion like I used to have his jersey amongst others but 
and some people also like during like my real serious moments of basketball would compare like my shooting style to 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 his so like there's definitely influence there but i feel like over the years like my connection to kobe kind of like grew apart so it didn't hurt me as much as losing kobe as more as like his daughter passing with him like that that was kind of like disturbing for me like it was i don't know it's just weird because it's like here's one like he just recently retired like he could finally just enjoy his life and then his daughter was like kind of taking up the mantle of like his basketball career and it's like they both just gone and it's just very 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 sad so um, recipes to both of them of course and everyone else we lost but yeah um losing mf doom i mean <laughs> my journey with mf doom is an interesting one I, I feel like he came in a time where I guess I needed him to come to. Like, I feel like a lot of things in my life happened, like, on time, I guess. Um, if it's faithful, destiny, whatever the case is. Uh, but, like, my first encounter with MF Doom was probably 2008, maybe 7. 2008, the latest. Uh, I was watching um, one of those, I think it was... Uh, I think it was an MTV music channel or VH1, one of them things. Uh, they just played music videos and some of them would have themes to it. And one of the themes was, um, I guess, animated music videos. Like people have like music videos where they have cartoons or any form of like 3D animation or whatever. Of course, Gorillaz was on that list too, which I feel like I knew about them beforehand, but like that kind of helped me like love them more but uh one of mf doom videos came on um this is when he was with the they formed a duo him and the producer mad lib from mad villain and they had a song called monkey suit where the video is just the video is kind of like um i want to say deep but it's like the way the, the theme of the song is basically like this guy who's just like he he don't want to follow the the norms of like society like like the idea of monkey suit like you just being in the suit working at a desk all day and just like following orders and whatever then here's him like wearing his mask and just dressing all plain and regular and just being himself so the song stood out the beat was amazing his voice like like he has this grimy raspy voice is like i don't know it just it just grabs you when you hear his voice and now like this song is like low-key interesting and this is a time period where 2008 uh little wayne i would say was taking over the rap game if not already taking it over because the carter three was either it was coming out or it had came out so the music direction for me from i'm gonna get into that too but yeah like for me like it was definitely completely like hearing all of that that was going on Lil wayne and everything else that was popular and then doom just comes out of nowhere and just like i'm like okay this is different i don't know if i like this yet so i didn't really I, like i kind of 
left the mental note in my mind about it, but I didn't listen to him afterwards. Um, it wasn't until like two years later, yeah, two two years later, like 2010, maybe 2011. I'll say 2010, where I was like at a point in my life where I think I was just getting tired of like listening to the same old people, I guess, like listening to the radio and stuff. Um, so. I just I had two people in my mind um, I'll get into the second one soon but I had one of them was MF Doom and I was like I was like what is that song like it, it, like the name of the song kind of stood in my head but I didn't know I remember the name of them cause he wasn't he wasn't named as MF Doom in the video cause it, he like whenever he does like collaborations with people like he changes his name so to find like I didn't know his name was MF Doom I thought the mad villain was his name I didn't know it was like a duo so to find out that was his name was different but yeah so I found the song again we listened to it like alright yeah this is it so uh searched up mad villain and because the first song I'll say I think this is one of the songs that if you haven't heard of MF Doom, but you search them up and that song comes on, which is Accordion, under the same name of Mad Villain, that song would probably make you fall in love with him. Like, just that instrumental, like it just starts and you just hear an accordion playing and then you just hear the bass and the beat just bumping and he just comes and just like, there's no hook there's no chorus nothing he just goes and just rap for like a minute and a half straight and i'm like damn <laughs> so like that was amazing and then i eventually found out that his name was mf doom and started listening to his music more um another interesting thing is i didn't realize that mf doom actually been in my life a lot earlier um the mad villain album actually um there's like uh, I want to say four, three or four songs on the Mad Villain album that appeared in the Boondocks cartoon, which I think Boondocks came out, what, 2004? Let me see if I can find that out real quick. All right, started in 2005. So I didn't, my my first time hearing Emma Doom was in 2008. So three years later, but... 2005 I think it was actually the first season as well um the episode where they was kidnapping Oprah two of the songs came on one of them was all caps uh when he fought uh when Huey fought what was his name Bushido Brown that song came on uh Raid was another song that came on during when they was uh trying to kidnap Oprah but they ended up kidnapping Maya Angelou <laughs> uh that whole segment when they was like breaking in the bookstore that that song was playing in the background um and the only third song i can remember right now is uh the episode where uh granddad i guess his um co-pilot friend passed away and he had to go to his uh his wake to speak for him and, and stuff but they played a flashback scene of when uh, he was going to, um, he was trying to go to his crush and he found this friend <laughs> with her. Uh, the song in the background was Fancy Clowns. Um, that's actually one of my favorite Doom songs too. 
uh that was playing those are the only three songs i can think of off the top i don't know if there was any more during that but yeah like to know that in the background his songs was actually like there like i guess deep like you know i heard of him beforehand i guess so three years later i see the video and he pops up again all right okay two years later i finally got invested into him and just like completely fell in love <laughs> so it was weird he's like I, it's been like yeah he's always been there but it wasn't until 2010 where i finally like devoted myself to actually like being a fan of his so um like yeah, so like listening to doom it's i would say especially for how young i was at the time i i think uh, I think Doom is someone you have to constantly, not constantly listen to, but like you will always have to keep coming back to him because his rap style, his production style is very, very like just unique compared to like, like I said, if you listen, if you're just sitting there listening to everything that was happening on the radio during the trends and times at that time, like Drake was just becoming a rising star, like so the Young Money era was happening, the South was still a thing south music uh yeah uh, kanye west was kind of i think that's when kanye west kind of like solidified himself as like a top dog at that time too like after the graduation album and then i think dark twisted fantasy came out in 2010 if i'm not mistaken so people consider that his like greatest album um so yeah like to hear him like like i don't know it's hard to explain like i always categorize him as when i like listen to like certain of my artists like i listen to one artist because like this person represents how i feel now this person represents how i used to feel and i them always looked at him as someone like his music is someone i'm gonna i'm gonna relate to his music later on in life like I always felt like I'm just gonna have to grow with his music because I always like listening to his music even now like I just hear a line and it just makes me chuckle like just the way he says certain things but he says it in a way that's like different from how someone would normally just say it <laughs> it's just like how you just think of like such slick words and just I don't know man <laughs> like this man just amazing um his production is also uh, at the time was unique to me like he would like his Operation Doomsday album um, he would like sample like these jazzy songs and just make them hip hop like like they felt like it was like some old school music that like you know your parents would listen to and he just puts like a hip hop twist on it uh, but he would also um, of course if you don't like get the concept of his name mf doom is metal face doom or metal fingers doom uh metal fingers if uh it's his producer and metal faces him as a rhymer but um cause metal face doom is um play off the marvel villain uh which is <laughs> dr doom uh so his story is like mf doom mf doom first came out during like what mid to late 80s if i'm not mistaken uh with the group kmd with his brother and first there was another guy on there but i think 
um, he left the group before they even made their first album. So another rapper came in and took that spot. Um, but yeah, so they made their first album. It was cool. They were making their second album. And uh, MF Doom's younger brother, who was in the group, got struck by a car and passed away. Uh, that basically spiraled down to him getting dropped from the label and then just going through a downward spiral in life, losing money, becoming homeless at some points. And it was just like, it's like you can really like look at his journey through music as like a comic character. Like he was like riding his high horse with his group and his brother and then tragic happens and then the industry turns his back against him. So he comes back as this mass villain into the rap game and here to just completely just flip everything upside down that you knew about the music game like nah like we ain't rapping like that <laughs> like we ain't making beats like that like this is completely like different from what you've been listening to <laughs> it's just craziness so yeah like his journey is a very interesting one um his music definitely helped me f- get through high school and definitely helped me like get my feet into college um i was just listening to his music a lot i still do and then when i found out about his passing oh my lord like like i don't know it's like losing i guess a mentor even though like i don't know him like because he changed how i listen to music now how i search for music now like i don't try to just find what's popular like I, I do mess with like some artists that are like out now but it's like I let them come to me I guess I don't I don't sit there and, like just let it happen like I don't sit there and search for it like I don't turn on the radio and see who's popping now like if someone is good and somehow they make my air and I like it then I'll mess with them so it's like he kind of gave like he gave me an open mind to how I should like listen to my music and how I should like go about finding people and then even as a as a rapper myself like <laughs> like I guess like to not be afraid to experiment with your sound and try different things in your music that was definitely one thing like I didn't want to come out, and especially during the time where, like, there's a lot of people I knew, like, in high school. Uh, not all, but there was a few people I knew in high school that were, like, coming out, and they just wanted to be, like, Drake imitators, like, copying his cadence, his flow, and even somehow, he, like, just everything, like, how he rhymes, even somehow he sings. And I'm like, <laughs> like, really? Like, y'all gotta be unique, be your own. Like, MF Doom, like, kind of opened that up for me. But yeah, so yeah, definitely rest in peace to the legend. Um, <laughs> I mean, he got the title as being your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. So it's like, even if you never heard of him, like more than likely your favorite rapper been inspired by him. And so it's like, it's always good to pay homage to those who helped made your favorite rapper who they were today. Because they took notes of how he went about his music game and stuff. But definitely. Um, yeah, I'm a, um, yeah, rest in peace, man. That that one is 
I don't know how long that's going to bother me, but yeah. And it's like, it's weird for it to bother me because like, he's like such a private person. So it's not like I know everything about him. I know him as a person, like, but it's just, I don't know. (laughs) It's just weird. Like losing a part of what made you you. (laughs) So, yeah. Um... Yeah, so speaking of like my music journey and stuff, um, I was definitely like growing up, um, growing up, uh, I, I was at the time was like probably the youngest of like cousins and siblings and stuff until like as time got over, older I became, I'm starting to become more like the middle to old oldest now. But starting off when I was younger, I was definitely like the youngest most of the time. So I was being influenced by whoever was older than me and what they were listening to. Um, my dad usually playing like his era music, like the old school R&B and disco music. And then he would just come out of nowhere and just throw his Beatles on. I'm like, what? Like He's a huge Beatles fan. And that's how I actually got like. I started enjoying some of their songs too myself, like like just watching him listen to them, and like he'd be watching their videos and stuff. So I was put on. I guess I was put on early to like <clears throat> not just follow normal like just because I'm a certain way. I mean, I had to listen to a certain kind of music. Like it's not always hip hop, <laughs> but hip hop definitely was always in my life because <clears throat> uh, my older brother. Uh, it would just be Tupac 24-7 whenever he had control of the music. So, Tupac definitely played a huge part of my life growing up in terms of, like, listening to his music. Like, but, like, I listened to, like, some of his albums countless times before I even, like, became a teenager. <clears throat> so, I was definitely always listening to Tupac. But as the early 2000s came around, um... I guess I started to like I try to branch out into like listening to my own see what I like <laughs> my, my first favorite rapper ever was actually Nelly um, I remember I got both his first two albums um, Country Grandma and Nellyville uh, that was interesting like during those times when you had to actually go to the <laughs> record shop and get these albums and actually I believe I got both those albums by myself like that was crazy because I don't even think um I believe you're not, they weren't supposed to like sell you like the explicit version of albums if you're by yourself as a minor um I know after a while I couldn't get away with that but I think I got I got away with getting Nellyville not the fr- I, I got Country Grandma as a gift um and i <laughs> i played that album out because i had um i had just gotten i got his album and a cd player for my birthday and also during that time uh we took a trip to florida and like <laughs> bro like it's so weird like now like you can have like catalogs of music on your phone like all I had was that one CD and like <laughs> from going to Florida while I was in Florida and coming back to Florida I was just listening to one album the whole time like till the batteries was done like 
trying to find more batteries to like put my put back in my CD player and just keep losing it until like so on the flight back. But yeah, that was just wild, like to know like <laughs> now it's just like I can have like his whole entire discography in my phone right now. But yeah. Um then yeah, at the time uh that's when fifty cent blew up. Um 50 Cent, I, I I look up, I look at 50 Cent like he was like the last of like, like the final offspring of, I guess, quote unquote, gangster rap, like, like everything about him, like kind of breathes that era, but everything afterwards was like, just different, so it was like, he came at a weird time, like, like, uh, the way he came for me, like, he came like some kind of urban legend myth, like, he just came into the rap game with Wingster, and there was like so much stories about him just off of hearing that one song. Like, oh, like he got shot this many times. Um, he's beefing with Ja Rule, uh, and all of this. And then the Wingster video, I believe, like one of the dolls in the beginning of the video was like wearing Ja Rule's chain, and people were like, oh, that was actually his real chain. They took it from him. So it was a lot. Like, 50 Cent came with like a whole background story before he even like made his first album. So once the album came out and he definitely delivered, yeah, like that kind of solidified him right there. But um, it's weird when I think about like the early 2000s um, and music, I feel like it's a very underrated, like I always say like, I guess, yeah, like from 2000, maybe even 99 to like 2005 was like, is a very underrated point in time in music like we were watching people that we look up to now as like icons and legends like they were still active and like they were still trying to get and some of them were still just trying to get their foot in the door like 50 cent was just trying to get his foot in the door nelly was just trying to get his foot in the door eminem was just trying to solidify himself like um, he just came out with the Motion Matters LP and then the Eminem show. So, like, you really sat there and watched the people that we hold to a high standard now, like, grinding. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I won't say it's weird to look at that now because now we're in an era where being an older rapper is kind of more acceptable. So, you're starting to see a lot of, like, rappers that's like, in their late 20s early 30s just coming out or coming back like maybe they didn't have like a good early career but they just came back and just started being beloved so it's weird like like some of the young rappers i know most people like don't like like they don't like them some of them are dope uh but it's definitely like i feel like it's harder to i guess appreciate the dope ones because it's like there's still people that's like coming back like Nas just dropped the album I think last year that was an amazing album so it's like these people can just come back still and just drop their drop project and still be beloved it's like I, I don't know I guess we didn't really have that at our time like for me like people who came out like who was already out during the 90s I would say probably were like when Ice Cube dropped a project, but I don't know, even at Ice Cube back then, it still felt like he was still solidifying himself because he was also um, doing his acting thing. And by that time, I think the second Friday was just coming out. So 
yeah it's weird like it was definitely a weird time but yeah past that i would say early 2000 i would say mid to late 2005 to 2006 the south just came out of nowhere and the snap rap just took over with like the lean with it rock with his songs laffy taffy uh wearing oversized white shirts <laughs> and stuff and just that bop of music like most of the beats was like sounded the same with that snap style so <laughs> i definitely i definitely like am guilty of like <laughs> like i guess enabling that era even though looking back at it now i feel like um i didn't want it to happen because I felt like, yeah, I felt like it kind of took away from some people who were still coming up. I feel like, I don't know. Like, we didn't get to properly sit with the decade, I guess. Like, this, the shift just happened midway. Um, I, th- I would say that kind of happened in the 90s when I look back at it. Like, um, early 90s was like more conscious hip hop. And then mid 90s uh yeah mid to late 90s it got it either got rugged and rough or it got uh started to get um the quote quote the quote-unquote jiggy era where puff daddy started to like get more notice notoriety but that was mainly after i would say you know late into biggie's career and late to after he passed away so because like you listen to like his first album like it was just all grimy <laughs> raw new york hip-hop and then you hear him on the uh i believe it was my song um more money more problems and it's like <laughs> like he went from just raw rap to he had that verse on that song uh they gave him, I, ha- I always hated that uh all about the measurement song that they gave him like i'm pretty sure he maybe he willingly was like yeah let me get that beat but i always hate that he did that beat like he probably would have destroyed the actual main beat but he like nah let me just get that part and i'm like uh always hated as a kid (laughs) but yeah um but yeah the snap era came out and then that led into the dance era soldier boy came out oh my god the crank that era like they did every crank that you could think of spider-man Batman, all like they did all of that <laughs> like that was just yeah it was a weird time man <laughs> so in the middle of all of that here i am just like i'm in between now i'm like i'm starting to like lose interest in like what's going on here but at the same time it's like you know like it's not that finding music was hard like hard back then like it is now like it's just gonna use them to find whatever like there was still like line wire and stuff there was ways to find music but like i like the devices you have at the time it was like you no know, to have an ipod at the time was like a luxury and stuff and not most people had ipods most people did not have computers to like put songs on constantly like i had an ipod and I ain't even really have no way to put music onto it. <laughs> so now it's like you can just 
do it on off your iPod or your or your iPhone, like you go to a, a music store or a streaming service. But like you actually had to still get the projects somewhere and put them onto the device yourself. So it was still kind of confusing on like finding my own music. So that's where I was at with it. And then let me see, yeah, yeah, 2008, 2007. Little Wayne just I don't want to say he came out of nowhere like obviously he's been around since the 90s but I felt like his rise just I don't know like you would think he would have like you would think that the Carter 3 run would have happened like early mid 2000s um so it was just weird that here he was like late 90s then early 2000s and then it took him to towards the end of the 2000 decade to just become a freaking monster and then it was at a weird time too because he took over then he introduced your money and then he had to do jail time so he was gone for like a year so it was like i feel like he couldn't 100 percent like i don't know like you know like there's people that still definitely hold him to a high regard but i feel like he couldn't 100 percent i guess smell the roses of that success like like he definitely took over with the with the card three, then introduced Young Money, then he went away, and then we looking at Drake. Like <laughs> we looked at Drake, and then Nicki Minaj came up with the Monster Verse, and now we looking at them both. So by the time Wayne came back, Wayne kind of like I guess got outshined by his proteges, so to speak. Like we still loved and accepted him, but it was like it wasn't the same as the Carter three love so it was weird um but yeah like yeah basically my whole high school life wow when it's basically the rise of drake um 09 he dropped uh so far gone which was like my freshman year then the think me later album and say care album uh, I don't know what came out in 2012. I stopped listening to him pretty much before Take Care. Yeah, that's when my music taste shift. And um, I don't know, I just stopped paying attention to him. <laughs> like, and it's crazy because anyone that like knows me know that I was like a huge Drake stan. Like, there were times <laughs> this was still pre Young Money Drake, like before. Um, I would say every girl came out, but I think So Far Gone was already out, but people didn't look at it as the classic as, as it is now. Um, I was like, yo, going to my cousins and stuff, I'm like, yo, it's this dude named Drake. Yeah, yeah, I gotta listen to him. I'll play like his songs and they just sit there and look at me like, like, what is this crap? <laughs> and I'm like, yo, I'm telling y'all. And then uh, Best I Ever Had just exploded on the mainstream media and cause everyone fell in love after that so now I'm looking at everybody like word <laughs> but yeah um so yeah then come 2010 I would say that's when I got tired of just the same old things and I wanted something different so cause I already explained my path with MF Doom but then there was another artist who um I always um, credit to just kind of like just saving my 
I don't know, it's just saving my love for music, saving everything that was going on in my life. Like, he kind of just gave me a new perspective, gave me relatability, which um, his story uh, is kind of tragic. It sucks, but yeah. Um, this was uh, the rapper called Charles Hamilton. Um, he... Uh, he was another interesting one because I I think we crossed I crossed path with his songs. Um, I want to say 2008. It's possible it could have been 2009, but I think it was 2008. Uh, this one 106th Park was still <laughs> it was still credible. Um, they played New Joint of the day, and it was his song Brooklyn Girls, which for the most part, if you somehow know Charles Hamilton, that would be the only song most people would know him from. Uh. So, Brooklyn Girls come on. I'm watching the video. I didn't like his voice. Like, I didn't like how his voice sounded. Like, it sounded like he was, like, constantly whining on the track. Like, you could hear him, like, kind of forcing his voice out. So, I didn't really like it, but I kind of like his style and the video. And, of course, uh, in the music video, most of it was shot in um, downtown Brooklyn, which I uh, was born in Fort Greene. Uh, New York, Brooklyn. The uh, basically that area in downtown is like walking distance, so that was kind of like where I grew up at. So to see him make that video about Brooklyn girls, and then the video is like, damn, I know where that's at. So like, I kind of like I, again, I, I made a mental note of him. Like, I appreciated the video. <laughs> But I just didn't like his voice, so I didn't like keep listening to him. And that was pretty much all you heard from him for the most part. Like he was a that's when I say blog rap was a thing. So like most of these rappers were these were when the rappers were first utilizing the internet to become like more popular. So I wasn't really on the internet like that looking for music until I would say when Drake came out was oh nine ten. So. It was just like a year late for me by the time I got into him. Uh, so that was the only song I knew of him, but that was it. So the video always stood in my mind. Like, it, like yeah, it just stood in my mind. Like, I still remember his name. I, th- I think I still remember his name. No, I definitely remember the name of the song, which Broken Girls. Like, I ain't going to forget that. <laughs> uh, so I searched that up as, as well when I was searching up MF Doom. Found the video again. And I kind of appreciated the song more. Like, I actually, like, I don't know. Like, I was able to accept his voice more and actually liked it. I was like, okay. And then I listened to some of his other songs and just noticed, like, just right there, I fell in love. Like, he was another one. It was like, it was like looking at him and MF Doom, it was like, it was like, I guess, uh, a counterpart of like their age differences like they both were like trying to be unique in their own right but here's one who like at the time period i think he was probably like 21 when i found them uh i think brooklyn girls was like when he was like either 19 or 20 but yeah so he is a new star and doom is more established but they both are like kind of like sending the same message with be your own unique artist so I guess to get it from a younger perspective, I kind of like gravitated towards him or like I said, I always looked at MF Doom music as I'm going to have to grow older with his music to appreciate it a lot more. But Charles, I was able to appreciate it now because uh, like the age difference 
and the things he was talking about was more relatable to me at the time period um like this man music like he covers a lot of topics but it's like and he does it in his own way um he's another one uh who samples in his beats like Kanye West um like his samples is more unique compared to like Kanye's and Doom's like I said you could like you could kind of get an idea of how like Doom samples like like I say like he would listen to like he would make songs that like your parents would listen to but he would just put a hip-hop twist on it Charles would just take a genre <laughs> like don't matter and just try to turn it into hip-hop like he would sample some rock songs and make it hip-hop he would sample some old school songs and make it hip-hop sample some pop songs and make it hip-hop so or even he would keep it popping just like rap over like uh i fell the uh the, <laughs> i mainly funny enough i fell in love with um the third song i've listened to him the second song i listened to him was um november 10th um uh, which is like he does that as a series like every year i think he probably stopped now but like every year he would do a song called november 10th um which was his birthday so he, i guess it would be like a birthday song to himself but uh which one that one kind of like i was halfway falling in love with his music at that time because he sampled um sonic the hedgehog which of course and when i know me sonic is a big influence in my game in life and just hearing someone rap i guess in, about video games i think that's like kind of the first time i heard someone do that that's it's kind of more common to do that now so it was like i always look at charles as like i don't know like the stepping stone but it was also he was a scapegoat for things that are allowed now i'll get into that in a few but like um the third song because it's funny um as a rapper myself i always felt like i wanted to rap on this beat but it felt like it was weird to do uh britney spears give me more song i always loved that beat i felt like that beat should have been like a hip-hop beat but it, it became a pop song so i heard that going to the third song um, the song's called Devil in a Light Pink Dress, if you're interested in. And he just basically raps over the Give Me More beat. And I'm like, yo, like, it's as if, like, he reading my mind and stuff. Like, he raps about things that I'm dealing with. Then he raps over beats that I love or sample songs that I love that I know. And it was just like, <laughs> like, yo, who is this man? <laughs> it was like, it was like, I guess it was like finding your counterpart musically. So definitely um i definitely like give a lot of praise to him and how i went forward into my music life as well i would say him more so than doom because like it's like doom is more of a mature taste so yeah but then by the time by the time i really got invested into them into him i felt like it was kind of too late because by that time like the industry was like turning their back against him um cause there's two things that people know about Charles Hamilton if you knew about him early in his life uh which was one the Broken Girl song people go like I want to hit Wonder because of that whatever and two the situation with him and his girlfriend at the time uh had an altercation on video where he said some th inappropriate things to her and she retaliated physically but people kind of like i guess clowned him out the room for like letting it happen and instead of like saying well 
how would y'all have reacted if he retaliated back with violence i feel like i don't know the world was in a weird place i guess like yeah i set one thing but not the other i guess i don't know so he kind of just got clowned out the game and then yeah just been a downward spiral he got dropped from his label so uh Fun fact about Charles Hamilton is that uh, up till 2016, I think, no, 2015, I want to say, maybe 2015, but probably 2016, um, he has released like over a hundred projects, and every single one of them were free. Uh, so like, if you want to get into Charles Hamilton music, you can find his music. Um, every single, pretty much every single one of his projects is free. Um, recently, he finally dropped his first debut album in 2005, not five, uh, 15, I think, or oh, 16. I want to say 16 because of where I was in my life when I came out, but it's possible that I could have been 15, but yeah, um, he dropped that and now, um, I'm noticing that he is like slowly, um, putting most of his songs in streaming services, so you can actually find some of his projects on like Spotify or Apple if you curious but most of his stuff like his real good stuff is like mixtapes that you have to actually like search find them <laughs> but yeah so um but yeah like his career is an interesting one cause like yeah like he did like video game rap before it became a thing um uh i would say he he will for me was like one of the first like i would go into like how these i would guess quote-unquote emo rappers are now like making these sad songs and stuff like he was doing that f at first for me um so i felt like yeah like a lot of things that people looked at him like yeah he, like he like i'll see people in the comments section saying that he he makes weirdo music and then now i feel like weirdo music is what's popular now so it's like it's like he really had to like be the sacrifice for most of these artists to become like accepted now like he took the blow first and so when it happened again people were like more like oh either that or i guess that that speaks to the mental stability of the generation we're in now that people are gravitating towards that more now than beforehand um i think america needs therapy then <laughs> but yeah so um a lot of them of course uh, the situation that happened with um jay-z and solange where she attacked him in the elevator and he didn't retaliate or whatever but people kind of looked at that like yeah like yeah of course the memes happened but people still like we didn't clown jay-z out the out the industry for it like that that's not on his like like we sit there and look back at jay-z's career we will know look at rockefeller his albums him being with beyonce you know the very last thing you would think of him is being attacked in the, ele in the elevator by his sister-in-law Charles Hamilton, Brooklyn Girls, got punched by his girl. That's it. And I'm like, <laughs> really? <laughs> but yeah, I'll say his album came out 2016. Um, 
I also think 2015 he made his uh <clears throat> his first uh I guess public return into the mainstream since what 2009 maybe I would say <clears throat> so he came back with uh the single um New York Raining with Rita Ora which there's a possibility that if you do know about Charles Hampson you probably know that song too I don't I don't know I never really met people I know a few people but well I think I'll say one person but I don't know a lot of people who know him because of that song or know him at all I kind of gave up on trying to like put people onto him I feel like I feel like if you knew about him, you knew about him. If not, you missed out on something important. Like, I mean, you can always go back and listen to it. Like, the music don't vanish, but it's like, I find, uh, like, it'll be weird to tell someone to let go, like, Charles now, and people fall in love with his music, and then they want to support him. And it's like, I feel like he's in the point of his career now where he's comfortable with where he's at, which is just like, he's just like making music and just throwing it out there. And if you find out about it, you find out about it. Um, I don't think he really cares about being like famous or whatever. <clears throat> but yeah, so definitely, <laughs> uh, kind of lost my train of thought there. But yeah, um, he came back with that song. Then he just like I said, he dropped his first. Day, well, he dropped the EP first, which was I, I would say that was his first time you can actually financially purchase a project from him and then he finally released his first album um after all these years um i definitely bought that i feel like that was like the first album i have purchased since the early 2000s like i bought that with no hesitation like i was like funny i waited for uh what is it like when it turned 12 o'clock basically on that day because i actually had class that day still <laughs> uh, the next morning so i waited i bought it <laughs> um i listened to like the first song just to get a taste i was like oh my god nah i can't do this to myself <laughs> i'm listening to it while i go to school and come back home so yeah uh i feel like that album that album was very safe compared to like how he makes his music like he didn't sample at all because he wanted to make this completely like i guess accessible commercially you had to worry about clearing samples um he's also a musician so it's not like he just like sample beats like he actually plays instruments in his in his beats to make the beats happen so he was definitely tapping into his more music creative side instead of just like making a random hip-hop beat um so but yeah he definitely like his style was more like i felt like that was like a mature album for him like it was just like this is me now in my time period of my life and this here's the thing that's i'm interested in in my life right now compared to him just like i'm making music because i'm making music and this is what's on my mind right now this is just like it's the sound that's in my head right now so I'm letting it out so yeah um but he was also another one that caused that shaped how I, I became as an artist as well so those two Charles Hamilton and them are definitely um 
I give them a lot of credit to my music journey now and then how I went about things later on in my life. But yeah. Uh so I'll say around college now, uh I started um what I started to do was like I would um I started getting into neo soul music, I guess. Um I don't know I don't know how really or why but um I was in class like um um I went in for for art major and stuff so I was taking a lot of art classes so most of the time I would spend most of my school days just on the computer actually (laughs) which was fun for me um so there were really like less books and studying and all that like it was just yeah go home and design this (laughs) so I would spend a lot of my time on the computer and of course for the most part like we would start the lecture like the teacher the professor would like just know they would talk about some things in the beginning give us the a general idea of what they want us to do and then for the rest of the few hours they kind of just leave us to design so i would find like these neo soul playlists and just like listen to them in the background and stuff so i started getting more into that and then uh started um at this time i was definitely still big into watching anime um so cause one of the one of like the most i guess popular things to do about watching anime is listening to the opening songs and the closing songs which usually set the tone for the whole show uh some of those songs be dope but it wasn't until a certain anime i watched where the ending song kind of like blew me away like i don't know like it just spoke to my soul like you know obviously you don't know what they saying unless you read the subtitles but like it's just the instrumentation and the melodies and like it just like clicked with my soul like this just sounds like it was <laughs> like it was meant for me so i ended up discovering my favorite band through i don't think i ever had a favorite band or listen to bands that beforehand so it took me watching the anime and I discovered like this amazing music. So I started getting more into like listening to how I guess Japanese music. Like it's very interesting. Like they kind of like I don't know. They they make a lot of I won't say all of them, but the ones that I have encountered, like they still kind of like make these neo soul hip hop songs like current day. Like that's like a thing for them. It's like listening to that. And then listen to what's popular over here now. I'm not saying it's all bad, but like most of it is unlistenable for me. And I was like, that's just, I don't know, it's just weird. Like, like Japan is just in a, they're in a good space musically. <laughs> like, they, they always like make these soulful songs. Um, that uh, I've been listening to some of their like, I guess I consider it R&B at the time <laughs> for them. Some of their singing songs, amazing. Some of their feel good songs. There's just a lot of good stuff over there. Uh, but yeah, um, I can't. I don't. I never got into K-pop. I listened to a few songs, but I don't know. It just didn't like. They don't make songs like the sounds like for Japan like Japanese do. I guess. So it never stuck to me, but that was about it.
so um of course uh i want to get into my last part which i just want to talk about i guess i just want to list some of my favorite albums of all time um i can definitely i'm trying to limit this from like uh artists like i'm not gonna just put the same art like i'm not gonna use more than one project from the same artist i guess uh this one um this one's gonna be more of a hip-hop list uh i could probably like i I would think about like i could probably make a lot of lists so i'm just keep this one simple for the sake of time these are like some of my favorite i guess must listen to hip-hop albums for me that kind of like helped me out during my times and how i listen to songs now uh one uh no there's no specific typical oh my god i can't speak no particular order <laughs> uh so yeah uh one uh the pink lava lamp by charles hamilton that album i mean it's it's it, it was made to be an album but it got it didn't get released as an album because of issues with his label um but it is now currently out on streaming services as an album, so it's now technically quote unquote an album now. <laughs> but the album came out. Uh, the album was made, I believe, in like what 2005 or whatever, like during his dark time in life. But it didn't come out until like 2008 or 2009. I think 2009, which was weird because that came out. Yeah, same time Drake was coming out. So was like you kind of had your choice with either Drake or Charles Hamilton. Like that was you like like who you want, I guess, to be the flagship of hip hop. And of course, obviously, everyone went Drake. So, but definitely that album is. Um, I would say definitely if you're going through things in your life, like that album definitely sp- spoke to me and gave me perspective and like it gave me like it made me feel like what i'm going through isn't unique everyone go through these things so it's like it's nice to know that someone was dealing with it and he was able to voice his his way of going through it musically and that's what i eventually ended up doing myself so yeah the pink lava land by charles hamilton uh below the heavens um by blue and exile uh blue uh blue came out around the same time as charles hamilton they were both actually on the same freshman list of double xl 2009 but i didn't start listening to blue music until when i was in college he was also one of the people i listened to when i was like when i was designing so i actually sat there and listened to blow the heavens and fell in love uh like his very laid-back style um the production by Exile was amazing. Like they just blended real perfectly, and the subject matter, like some of the songs I could relate to, or I could feel like I can make myself relate to them. So it was dope. Especially, I believe uh, this when he made that album. I think I was, I was close to his age at the time period he made the album. Cause at the time he was he was older in real time. But so it was nice to know that like it was like. Yeah, from Pink Lava Lamp, like, he made that during his high school time, so I was in high school and I was listening to that, and then Below the Heavens, he made that when he was in his early 20s, and I was in my early 20s at the time, so I would, like, to see the growth and, like, the mindset of how I developed through my music, it was definitely good for, um, listening to those two albums to hear the difference. Uh, third one, 
uh tupac or aka machiavelli uh the Columinati album i mean i could literally say all his albums but that album uh of course um as i grow older it stands out to me more because like i feel like i feel like he was trying to definitely send some kind of message with this album and i feel like whatever he was gonna do next was gonna be even more like deep and impactful like cause some of the songs like the first song he started off dissing everybody and the last song he he ends the song off dissing everybody <laughs> so i feel like I, like I, if i had one knock on the album i would say that that would be it like because then you have songs like blasphemy and white man world and hold your head and it's like no one second he's like real deep and introspective and next second is west side <laughs> forget biggie and all of that and jay-z so it was like it would definitely be like i felt like if he would have moved on from that um that album definitely uh would have been 10 times more impactful he would have kept it straight up like just you know if he just kept focus on a subject matter i guess like i'm not saying that all his songs had to be deep because there was something like toss it up but then again if you listen to the original toss it up i believe it was only just his first verse was the first verse about you know a girl then the album version the second verse is him completely dissing dr j and it's like completely off topic from the song <laughs> so like how you go from tossing it up love making and doing this with a female and then dissing dre i'm like what <laughs> so it's it's weird but live like for those songs like uh white man world blasphemy hold your head um crazy just like daddy um those songs like as i get older i kind of appreciate them more so yeah but like i said if i definitely like if i didn't limit this i'll definitely say like almost all his projects is definitely on this list uh operation doomsday by mf doom because like i said i would put more i would definitely recommend mm food and mad villain mad villainy but operation doomsday is like that was his uh debut as the mf doom persona of course he was in the rap game a lot earlier but you can see like it's just it was just like a good opening to his style like just everything about him like sampling old cartoons from fantastic four and spider-man about doom about dr doom to play with the character and the theme of the album and then of course the beats his rhymes i like the i like the i guess i don't know like the low quality sound of the song of the album like the album sounds like like he was just in a basement somewhere just rapping over these beats and I, I don't know it just fits real well with it like listen to that and then you listen to um mad villainy it sounds like he was like legit in a studio <laughs> so yeah um no news is good news i believe that's the name of it by fonte uh um i wanted to limit i mean i, I was kind of on the fence of how i want to categorize this because fonte originally started off with the well originally trio group but became a duo group uh, little brother with knife wonder and rapper big poo so i know if like i could easily put the little brother project as a separate thing but that album specifically it's, it's weird because that album is more of a he's rapping from the perspective of i guess a man in his 30s 
and here I am. I was in my, I'm in my early twenties at the time the album came out, and I'm like, I don't know. I felt like I could relate to it for some reason. Like, <laughs> like the things he was going through in life were completely different from what I'm going through in my life. But I don't know. I felt like it still touched me. It's hard to explain. Like I had that album on repeat, and it's a very short album. I think it's only like nine songs. I think it's forty minutes overall. Like. I definitely like I'm <laughs> I learned that whole album like within a week. Uh the the speaker box and the love below by the outcast. Um interesting because this was the album where they actually didn't work as the outcast, like they were both separate albums as like solo projects from each, but they just bundled it as an outcast album. Because there's some few songs, more so on the speaker bus where you can hear Andre is present on some of Big Boy songs. Uh, the Love Below, I would say, mainly Andre. Uh, Big Boy had that one verse on Roses. But, yeah. Um, I think that album, definitely, because growing up, most people always... Gra- um, I can't speak well. <laughs> gravitated towards... Uh, Big, uh, not big boy, Andre 3000 more from like just his weird style when he performs on stage, like the way he dressed and his voice and how he rhymes, everything about him was just very like unique. And I feel like big boy didn't get like the credit, like he just always got outshined. So going back and listening to it, Speaker Box is definitely, well, they definitely got the accolades for the work, but I still feel like it would be very underrated to most people. Like, if you would pick, like, what was the biggest song between each one, obviously it would be Hey Ya, which that was on the Love Below section of the album. Um, Big Boy had, I think, what was his most, uh, The Way You Move, that was his most um, standout single. Uh, But if you would compare which one was bigger between those two, The Way You Move would be more hip-hop friendly, and Hey Ya was definitely just universal. (laughs) So... But yeah, Speaker Box by Big Boy that actually got me into listening to his songs more. I listened to Boomerverse afterward. That album was definitely dope as well. So definitely get that a shot. And then the Blah Below. I mean, that's the closest you're going to get to a solo Andre project. But people were disappointed at first. Even I was when I first heard the project. Like I think I heard the project uh, when I was in high school the first time, and I kind of completely dismissed it. Cause I was so close-minded, like of course, like I said, I wasn't, I didn't appreciate Big Boy enough to listen to the speaker box. So I just wanted to hear the love below part, and then we was expecting like bars from Andre, like just him just purely going in rapping for like however song, and the whole thing is just a freaking R and B singing project. And I'm like, yo, what is this? I'm done. <laughs> I only like listen to like three songs, and I turned it off. So going back back at it now, definitely fell in love with it. The instruments, the uh, yeah, the instrumentals, the production, the subject matter. Of course, the whole project is basically about love and different aspects of it. Um, got songs like "Behold a Lady," which like he felt like the concept of I guess a more proper woman were like dying out in the day and age or at the time I think that album came out in 2004 so 
yeah um that then hey yeah which had the meaning of like dealing with i guess being in a relationship for the sake of love or just knowing when to call it quits uh roses um that was more about i guess a girl just feeling like she was just too good and like being stuck up about her ways so he was just like bro like you're not all of that like <laughs> so yeah there's definitely the whole thing is definitely just like different aspects of how he view love and such so definitely those two well one album but those two sections of the albums are definitely great in their own rights uh control system by abso that that really pretty much held me down my entire college tenure like <laughs> abso is very 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 underrated like i know out of the whole tde cam this well at the time it was mainly the four the black hippie group uh kendrick uh j-rock so and schoolboy at the time it was more kendrick and schoolboy who was taking over in terms of like mainstream but obviously kendrick became the megastar he is now uh but aso always took the back seat and that sucks because I feel like he's far superior to them. But I feel like I think that's the thing. Like, I think his subject matter is way too, like, out there for you to just, like, you could, like, you could appreciate his, his instrument, like, the production, the instrumentals and stuff. Like, they sound more modern. Like, you can, like definitely like if i if i like the normal rapper is rapping over those beats it'll be a completely different story but the subject matters he rap about is what makes it like <laughs> like it's real deep like you really gotta like focus on what he's talking about on some of these songs and i also like that he kind of like uh he he repeats a lot of things uh not a bad way but like he repeats uh, lines and song titles from songs from that was like an earlier project and he does that as he keep going to let you know that's like this is all one like flowing theme that he's talking about and you like this i've been rapping about this since day one and you could like i'm letting you know that this is still a thing like people still not getting it so, <laughs> so it's like it's dope um actually funny things that i recently re went back and listened to um his do without will album the first time i listened to it i didn't i didn't know how i felt about it like it was all right but i never went back to it and funny enough because that album actually came out the same day charles hamilton's album came out and <laughs> i'm definitely gonna support charles over over so no disrespect but charles done more for me uh, before I even knew who Esso was so um, but I recently went back to listen to him like that album like a week ago and that album is very underrated as well I feel like and it sucks because he have not put out a project or mainly songs at that since then and I'm just waiting <laughs> right now uh but I feel like maybe that is why he stopped. Well, I won't say he stopped, but I guess he on a break because I feel like he put out this project and people just didn't get it as always. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like people didn't get it 
more so now with this album. Like some of the album, like some of the other projects, you can like some of them will go over your head, but sometimes you could get it and you would still rock with it. But I feel like he kind of went out there, out there for that one. Like you really had to like understand. So yeah, but control system more for like for me. Like I said, I I had that on repeat my whole college time period, and I still listen to it to this day. Uh, um, and my last one would be Capital Punishment by Big Pun. Uh, I always equate that to probably being one of the first hip hop albums I have ever listened to, like in its entirety. Um, as a kid, uh, my uncle, my late uncle, he had that album. He introduced me to that album, and he introduced me to uh the Monster Madness LP album, but. That album could also be in that um, I am a mix. I'm half Puerto Rican, and like I feel like um, at the time, like I mean, there's not much like Hispanic or Latino rappers out there that was like going as hard as him. Like some of them was out there, but I didn't really like. And like I didn't really like Fat Joe like that, even though like they came together. Well, Fat Joe kind of came first, and he put Big Pun on. But I, I don't know. I never really liked his 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 flow, high his voice on some of the songs. Uh, there was Noriega, uh, same thing. I didn't really like Noriega's voice. Like some of his beats was amazing. The songs were dope, but like I don't know. I just couldn't get into his voice. Like I don't know. He just sounds. I don't know. It just sound like it just sound like he just he just talking. It's hard to explain, but then you go with Big Pun. I mean, there's this huge Latin dude that is just like wrapping circles around people. Like this man was just <laughs> like, "Where's your oxygen?" Like this man would just be going on for like time after time, just rapping strictly, going at it. That also that like that album. It's like to get, I guess, uh. A representation for my side for that side of my life and my background um it was important to me and of course like i said um being introduced to it by my late uncle who uh passed uh very early in my life so like there's very few things that i remember him for and that album is one of them like he introduced me to the album um so definitely and I say he's definitely very underrated in terms of like the best lyricists. I know people like give Biggie as like one of the greatest and Jay Z, but I personally put him up there like possibly above them. Like it's just amazing. Um, I could keep making, I keep going on, but that's that's as far as I'm gonna go. Um, but yeah. <laughs> The point of me doing these uh, solo episodes, I'll probably be making these shorter, but here I am going over an hour already. So I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, so, yeah, um, of course, uh, my question of the day for you guys, uh, keep the music related. related. Uh, I want to say what was the artist or I guess, well, what was the artist or album that made you feel like uh i guess it changed your perspective on music like maybe you grew up 
listening to one genre because of like your environment and what was popular at the time but this one artist and one album just came out of nowhere and completely like just changed that for you and your whole taste so yeah what was what would be an artist or an album for you that completely changed your perspective on how you listen to music now and yeah with that being said this has been another episode of the relaxing thoughts podcast i have been your host digital relaxation uh, yeah, once again uh, please rate this podcast share it and yeah let's just keep growing hope you guys enjoy this episode more to come and take care peace